and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Thompson, and joining me, the co-host with the most, the director of the Janesville Community Center, uh, St. Nicholas himself, Mr. Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. You, you're getting more creative with your introductions. That's a good thing. You know, yeah, sometimes we like to mix it up. It here. gets a little boring otherwise. <laughs> Not that you're a foreign person. Well, yeah, well, that's debatable. It depends yeah. on who you talk to there. But yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, we're in the middle of our series on most misquoted or misused Bible passages. And one today is right up the top of the list. Yeah, this is a... It's been an interesting series. I think this is one of those series like things you've always wanted to say from the pulpit, uh, but don't always get the chance to. Right. And so I, I, this is this, these are the verses like you, you're you're scrolling through Facebook and it's like oh no I know where he's going. Or I was uh, not too recently uh, I was sitting in a church service and the pastor said turn your Bibles too and he named one of these verses and I leaned over to my wife I said oh no <laughs> this is going to be a train wreck and she said Shh, just give me a chance I'm like no I know where this is going and sure enough. <laughs> I want you to stand up and say, no, no, you got to actually read the context of this. That's, uh, anyway. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I like expository preaching, because you're, you're forced to deal not with just a verse, but with the uh, context of that verse, even the book that verse is found in. Yeah. Um, but all right, so let's, let's read. Ray, you're going through a tough time, right? I, oh, going yeah. through some trials. Oh. And, but don't yeah. worry, Ray, because God will never give you. More than, than you, you can, can handle. handle. <laughs> uh, second, uh, excuse me, First Timothy chapter ten. Uh, first Corinthians chapter first, ten. What did I say? I don't know. Timothy. It's, this is early in the morning, okay? <laughs> I'm not even awake yet. Um, which is, t- I'm typically a morning person. I'm yes. just tired today. All right. So First Timothy chapter. <laughs> okay. First Corinthians. Okay. They're both written by Paul. Okay. Yeah, that's all. First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. Um, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation you also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So um, what some people take that to mean is that God will never give you more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so get through it. Right. Which flies in the face not only of uh, what's actually said there by Paul, but at several other places in Scripture that talks about it's through those times of trial yeah. and temptation that we are shaped into the kind of people God wants us to be. Right. Um, you know, James says, "Consider it pure joy when you when you suffer all these things, because right. through Beautiful. that suffering." You become, um, you develop perseverance, and perseverance develops character, and character is what God wants. He he doesn't care about our personal happiness the way people understand happiness today. He's more concerned about who we are as people from the inside out instead of the outside in and the the outside circumstances in life. If Paul actually meant how people interpret that passage then he's a liar yeah because he 
he, he experienced all kinds of manner of bad things happening in his life. Shipwrecks, whippings, um, ultimately you know, being beheaded for his faith. And I never, ever hear Paul complain about that. Um, and say, man, you know, God, God let me down. He didn't give me a way out of this. He accepted what came his way as a way of God making him into the person God wants to. Well, I think even be. the bigger goal in this is that God wants to lead us into a deeper relationship with himself. Right. God wants glory. God desires um, praise. And through this, through these troubles sometimes, that's what happens. He says here, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key phrase. God is faithful. Right. In these trials, we learn that we can't do it on our own. Mm-hmm. We learn that I am not physically able, I am not mentally able, I am not spiritually able to overcome this, but God is. Right. And so therefore, I learn to trust in God through these circumstances, and therefore my relationship with God is all the more deepened, and my faith in God is all the more increased because of this trial. Yes. And so it's not just a matter of, well, you know, I can handle this. If God put me through it, it must be... I've heard people say, you know, it's... If God gave you, I, I, again, a Facebook, social media thing. Yeah. If God gave you a trial, that means he must know that you're strong enough for it. And he must know that you're a good enough person to get through it. Isn't that great? That's not what God wants. That's the opposite of what we were supposed to learn. Yeah, we are not, we're not capable of doing anything like that on our own. It's only through the power and grace of God that we make it through well, those wait, times and come out the other end. You're sounding like a Calvinist right <laughs> Come out the other end uh, again, praising him in the midst yes. of that, and that's that's just extremely missing in our instant gratification world right. in which we live. Absolutely, and that's it. Just boggles my mind because you know I get caught up in this trap from time to time. Yeah. Um, oh. And then, then you start blaming God and saying, "Well, right. you know, God, this you? is this is your fault. How come? Yeah. How come you didn't?" And well, because that's not the way God operates. Yeah, Job's the prime example. Right. You know, basically, God said, "Job, where were you when I created the world?" Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, God's God's got this, but it doesn't necessarily mean that God's got this the way I want Him yeah. to have it. Well, and look, you know, you just mentioned Job. When God finally shows up, what does he say? He doesn't say, now, Job, see, I told you you could make it through this. <laughs> hey, Job, guess what? You No, he, he actually begins to question Job a little more. Right. And, again, leads him to a deeper knowledge of who he is as God. Yeah. Um, so God doesn't give us trials just to show us how great we are. It's just the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's how great he is. Exactly. And, I mean, that's that pretty much describes life. It describes the Bible. Right. It's all about God revealing himself to us in a way that, you know, and it's just enough for us to know that he is who he says he is. And we're better off jumping on his bandwagon instead of insisting that we're still the driver. Right. All right, let's let's move to our next verse here. Uh, Ray, you and I are both parents. Mm -hmm. And my temptation is to claim this verse. 
Um, we, I think you and I had talked about this just the last week or so as we were traveling back from Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, as long as you train your kids right, that's a guarantee, a biblical guarantee <laughs> that they will turn out right. And when they're old, they'll still be uh, sticking by the faith. Right. Um, not really. <laughs> Oh, so you don't believe the Bible? Well, I believe the Bible, but I think it, the the book of Proverbs mm-hmm. is one of the one of the very few books. First of all, that it's really impossible to read in context. They're pithy, proverbial sayings yeah. that are true for the most part. Right. Not absolutely the case at all times, but the. Let's General put it, let's put it this way. If we don't train up a child in the way he should go, he's not going to have any hope, at least not from our influence, to live according to right. what God at is. At least not from our influence. Right. Because there are there, there, there can be other Yeah, there are definitely people who have come to Christ who had lousy parents. Right. But again, that doesn't you know disagree with what I'm getting at here. You know, we we certainly should train up our kids the Absolutely. way they should go. Yes. Whether or not they choose to remain in that is not for us to say necessarily. Oh, see, now you sound like an Armenian. Yeah, okay. that, that can't help that. <laughs> <laughs> they, but they but we actually agree on that. Yeah. The thing is, they have a better chance of right. living the way that we would want them to live that God wants them to live if we have trained them in a way that points them to God, which includes you know more than just browbeating them with the Word of God. Right. In fact, a lot of times browbeating a kid with the Word of God will chase them away from God. Right, that's and not good training. It's, it's allowing a child to learn as he goes or she goes through life and, and being open to the questions and the doubts that they might have along the way. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, my faith for the, quite a while was inherited from my folks. Yeah. Not my own. There comes a time in everybody's life that faith has to become internalized to the point where this is the relationship that I have with God. Yep. And my parents influenced me in that, but they didn't make that decision for me. Right. I have to make that for myself in the context of community, of other believers uh, along the way, and certainly interacting with God yeah. uh, through his word, through uh, meditation, through listening to him, uh, through obeying him. Uh, but uh, you know, but just to assume that well, I did the right things for this kid, so now I can let him loose in the, into the world at the age of eighteen or twenty-two or whenever, yeah. and he's going to always follow that. That's that, that's that's just um, that's not uh, clear-headed thinking. Yeah, your child has a responsibility in this. Right. I, I've met too many parents who are heartbroken because their child didn't stay within the faith, though they did everything right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're blaming themselves, and it's not a good thing. Uh, even going back to Genesis, here we have two children of God who go astray. 
it's not because God didn't give something to them that they needed that they were lacking or something that, or that God somehow was neglectful in his job in creating Adam and Eve he put them in the most perfect of conditions right. yet they still fell right their choice to fall yeah they, they, they chose <gasps> I, I know, said the I, word. Know. <laughs> I said I said they chose take my Calvinist card away my membership card <laughs> my five points uh, but um, and, and you can see that in other places in scripture too oh, yeah, where yeah. Uh, children who were raised right in a godly home didn't stick that way right. but I do want to add one other thing though mm-hmm. um, I think this verse should give us hope um, many of you maybe maybe some of the listeners here are parents of a child who has departed from the faith who has not uh, followed the way they were trained mm-hmm. don't give up there's always hope mm-hmm. there's always hope uh, back, uh, I remember the story of a, of a guy that you and I both know. I wish I'd have him on the program sometime. Uh, Pastor Danny Evans here in Janesville mm-hmm. uh, told his testimony of how uh, he was trained in a godly home, yet departed from it, went out and had a streak of rebellion against him. And uh, I think it was his grandfather who came up, put his hand over his head, and said, You know, you're coming back. I have faith that God is going to use you. Now he's a pastor. Yep. Um, and so. You shouldn't get what we're talking right now as we're recording this. Uh, we've had some pretty high name people uh, all of a sudden say they're not Christians. Right. Uh, Josh Harris and this guy from Hillsong, whose name I never remember because I don't know people from Hillsong. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, Josh Harris is a guy I like. In fact, I have some of his books right here in this room that were good. I didn't like I Kissed Dating Goodbye, but some of his other books um, I thought were profitable. And I have faith that. Or at least I have some hope that he might come back. Yeah, I, I'm not giving up on him. If, if the word has been planted, mm-hmm. and uh, who, who knows what God's going to do with that? And then again, just the idea of planting takes me back to the words of Jesus in the parable of the soils. And uh, just mm-hmm. because the word was planted doesn't mean only one fourth of his audience. Yep. For Jesus, uh, that 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 seed took 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 root, took root and yeah. prospered. Well, in our discussion with uh, Rich and Zach, Zach was the name? Zach was the name, yeah. Um, Which we'll, we'll be airing after this series. Well, but I'm room for doubt. Yeah. The, the key, I think, to all this is what are these alternatives? How are they going to answer the same questions yeah. that people are saying that Christianity doesn't answer for them? Yeah. Ultimately, and this is this is plays into this because if you're training your child up in the way it should go, and you've given, you know, the the reasons for faith in, in God and have answered their questions along the way, even if they go away from that, they're not going to find anything better. Yeah. No, well, that's just uh, from personal experience and from witnessing the lives of others. Life is so much better. When you're in a right relationship with God, then otherwise, yeah. and there's there's no other worldview out there that answers the questions as satisfyingly as Christianity does. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next. I think we have time for one more. Okay. Uh, verse in the section. Uh, I am returned here to. Oh, I've I've heard this one before, and I know you have as well. Mm-hmm. Philippians chapter four. And uh, if I were a weightlifter. 
I am a weightlifter. I'm a pretty heavy guy. Every time I stand up, it's lifting weights. I was expecting a bigger laugh, quite frankly, <laughs> from that. Um, um, only because it's so true of <laughs> me as well. Philippians chapter 4 at verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do anything. I can do anything, Ray. I can pick up that, that I can pick up those barbells, those thousand pound things. I can, uh, who was it that said they can do, who could, oh, it was Pat Robertson who said he uh, uh, lifted up a ton or something like that. Anyway, that's what I started from the But I can do anything, right? Uh-huh. Anything in the entire world I can do because Christ strengthens. You just need enough faith, right? Yeah, well... So at the um, end of this podcast, we're going up to the roof here. We're going to fly. Oh, right. We're going to jump I, off. You're going to go first. I've always wanted uh, to fly. <laughs> and you can do it yeah. if you have enough faith. If you have enough faith. Yeah, it's like the passage that, you know, if you got enough faith, you can move the mountain and tell it to go into the sea. Again, it's the dangerous thing of taking one verse or one part of a verse ripping it right out of the context of what it means. I think Paul in Philippians 4 is talking about, well, first of all, he's in prison for his yeah. faith. Yeah. And he's talking about rejoice. You know, I say again, rejoice. He's talking about rejoicing in the midst of suffering. And I think that the context here is pointing to enduring things. Well, let, let's like read that. the context. Yeah. Uh, let's start in verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received, uh, you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know and I know how to be uh, how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So clearly the text here is talking about Paul is saying that no matter what context I find myself, I can rejoice in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Whether I am abounding, I have lots of money and all my bills are paid, or I'm in want Mm -hmm. and I don't have all those things and I'm worried about where the next meal is coming from. No matter what circumstance, I can learn how to be content. So I can do anything according to Christ. Well, yeah, in that, again, in that context... Um, it's a trust factor. It's um, an emptying of yourself, your your desires, your wants, your personal stuff, and being in tune with the will of God that allows us to do whatever uh, things that we do in the name of Jesus, yeah. you know, in Christ. It's all, you know, we... we for some reason, take this, and a lot of these misused passages, somehow it becomes more about me than it is about me in Christ. I mean, without that in Christ or in God or in God's will, without that, of course you're going to come up with these ridiculous notions of how we can do things. And, uh, you know, the, the... the, the way to temper that is to always remember all everything in Scripture ultimately is about God. Right, absolutely. And that's where, 
that's where we fit in. We don't make it fit yeah. our circumstance or our lives or our desires or yeah. or whatever we want. And that's exactly it. Because yeah. everything, what, all of these passages, I think, come down to I want to make this about me. Right. This is all about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And that's when we twist these verses to make it sound. And it's always positive for me. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, life... Life's not real that way. Jesus never says that. <laughs> I used to say he never promised a rose garden hmm. back in the day when that was a popular song. But the... About the 20s, 30s. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Before um, my time. The, <laughs> barely. But uh, the, the thing is, in order to become more Christ-like, which should be the goal of every believer... We have got to get away from this me, me, me mentality that we are immersed in from the time we're born in this country. Yeah. Because that's what this country is all what, What's Madison Avenue about? It's completely about getting you to desire something that you can't afford, that you probably don't even need. I mean, if you haven't had it up until now, why do you need it all of a sudden? Well, mm-hmm. the commercial said you needed it. And that's, again, going against... The, uh, the teachings I, I think I said this before on the podcast, but every day, it's hilarious. My son and I, my three-year-old, Devante, and I will sit and watch TV. Yeah. Uh, usually in the morning when he's the first one up, mm-hmm. sometimes before me, uh, we'll watch some cartoons, watch the kids' shows. Mm-hmm. And when the commercial comes on, da-da, da-da, me, me, mine, mine. Whatever we watch, one of his favorites, I don't know why, is uh, Taco Bell. These nacho fries. Ah. Oh, he just, oh, da-da, me, me, mine, <laughs> mine. And all these toys, all of a sudden, he's never seen them before in his life, but now he absolutely has to have them. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much the opposite of contentment. I think that's how this culture has trained us to feel. That's what Madison Avenue, that, that's what the guys, uh, the advertising guys want us to believe. Right. Is that, no, you can't be content without this. Yeah, whether it's uh, a brand new car or, you know, natural fries. Yeah. That's, that's uh, pretty much what America is built on, and unfortunately the church has bought into that. Right, and all these things become status symbols. The car right. is not just a vehicle for transportation, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a sign of who you are. Right. It's a sign of your personality. It's a sign of your popularity. Yeah. All of these things. I've always said about a car, as long as it can get me from point A to point B, I'm good. Right. <laughs> and so Paul has learned, no matter what state he's in, to be content. And that's mm-hmm. a pretty remarkable statement. And that, I think we learn here, doesn't come naturally. It's a supernatural thing if I've learned contentment. Right. So I can do all things. doesn't mean I can do whatever I want to do. I can own whatever I want to own or get whatever I want to get. But it's this idea that I can be content in Jesus no matter where I'm at. Right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for another week. And uh, we're, we're on the other side of this now. We're, 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 we're going we're, downhill. We're going, well, this podcast has been going downhill for a long time, ever since you became co- uh, No. Um, 
<laughs> no, but we we are we are closing in on the end of our list of and next next week we'll start off with an eye for an eye. Yes, uh, very appropriate with your last comment of it. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. so we're gonna, we're gonna fight this out next week. All right. Well, again, uh, the resource we're promoting have have been book by Eric uh, Bargerhuff. The most misused verses in the Bible, uh, surprising ways God's word is misunderstood. So uh, until next week, don't forget to check out the website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. And also on there, you'll find some of the articles that Ray has written on some of these passages. Uh, I've been putting those up there. In fact, I've got to finish that off. Um, I haven't posted all of them yet. Okay. And I, don't, I don't think I'm you've written even, them. I don't even remember which ones I wrote up. So. Um, but I'll be posting those on there. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at BasicBibleCast. So until next week, have a great rest of your week. Thank you.